fuck off acts. What the fuck? Woo! Okay. So. I found something very interesting in what Cassie said earlier. Mm -hmm. We don't judge or condemn people who seek help through legitimate paths. Mm -hmm. That's some white-ass liberal bullshit. Uh That sure is. Stop making the fucking only black character in this book say this white liberal bullshit. Oh, man. If I could count the amount of time I've heard, have you tried yoga? Have (laughs) you tried taking collagen pills? Well, Karen, the thing (laughs) is, if I take collagen pills, my body still makes collagen wrong. So, it kind of doesn't work. <sighs> Especially now that, um, oh, what's her face? Jennifer Aniston is, like, um, on those, like, uh, things for some collagen powder thing. Mm. And so people are like, Oh yeah, those those are getting so popular now, and I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, no, no, people don't. Yeah, like, and it's just like who I, determines what's a legitimate path? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate like we have this sentiment from Tobias, like even if it's worded poorly, because I feel what Tobias is saying is wanting to do something doesn't make you a coward mm-hmm. yeah like wanting because it's what we were saying before about agency and that choice rather than being forced your hand being forced out of some misguided sense of propriety arguably what he's saying is the opposite to cassie which is just like my guy if you need to steal some shit we're here for you <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> disgrace your honor fucking but like cassie being like oh who legitimate means so cassie do you have a problem with people that like go up into canada to get medicine because mm-hmm. that's illegal like yeah. i hate and it's it's not just an animal thing but that collation with what is legal with versus what is moral Mm-hmm. especially given the state of affairs in the UK and the US and other parts of the world where they're just like, okay, we're making abortions illegal. You can't do this. Yeah. You can't do that. Gender mm-hmm. affirming healthcare is now illegal. It's just like legality is not the same thing as morality, especially when it comes to people's fucking lives. Yeah. And getting a diagnosis for things to mm-hmm. get a quote-unquote mm-hmm. legitimate path like mm-hmm. Ellers Danlos, I don't think people realize that it is genetic. You technically have to get genetic testing. They do at home genetic testing, but insurance doesn't cover it because mm-hmm. um, the most common type does not have a genetic marker associated with it yet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't cover the criteria for any of the other types, they won't cover it because they're like, well, you don't fit any of these other types. But you have to rule out the other types to fit the Mm -hmm. most common type. Right. Jesus Christ. So you either have to pay thousands of dollars for the in-person or about 500 for the at-home. Yeah. Um, And just like pricing people out. Like people don't go to the fucking, like in, in the States, like 
uh, you have to pay to get medical treatment. So yeah. people suffer at home, fucking rationing their insulin. You mm -hmm. have people in the UK because waiting lists are too long or it's just not available or you're deemed not suitable for it. People being forced to go private also and pay for things out of pocket or travel to other countries to be able to do just like it's such a bullshit thing like it sucks like being like oh well legal means just like mm -hmm. one that sentiment is bullshit and two i hate that they've put it in cassie who is freely willing to break the law to keep people safe and happy and healthy and has done so yeah and it's it's even like the thought that we don't condemn or judge people who seek help through legitimate paths isn't true either. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's a very minor example, but uh, my husband has ADHD and he takes uh, or he took Adderall for a very long time mm -hmm. uh, as like the medication that worked best for him. And it it is so demonized even by healthcare providers like he had to go back to the doctor every three months and get paper prescriptions that he then had to take to the pharmacy to turn in one month at a time to get his prescription like because mm -hmm. i don't know he was gonna sell speed or something i don't fucking know what they thought but like just the yeah. the way that they Controlled make you substances it's, yeah, yeah it's bullshit. they make you feel like a like a, a criminal a criminal yeah uh someone who is like, just there to get a high or something like and pain same with pain meds mm -hmm. like, oh yeah that like how much pain are you in oh it can't be that bad oh well is this just medication seeking behavior Yes, it's like exactly. I appreciate, like especially I know in the states, like the opioid epidemic because it was being so readily prescribed, and now there's a problem. Just like I would rather people not be in pain. Actually, mm -hmm. mm, maybe that makes me fucking naive, but like, uh, yeah. And I, Go ahead. No, please. No, please. I had a thought that it sort of disappeared in my mouth. I'd much rather hear <laughs> what you have to say. Most people who are on opioids long term don't want to be, honestly, mm -hmm. because the side effects are awful. Yeah, they fuck you um, up. Especially, they really mess with your uh, bowels. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. especially the constipation really sucks. Oh. My my brother-in-law had just severe toothache, like really severe, and was taking like codeine and stuff. And it he's after even getting the problem, he still suffers from digestive issues anytime mm. he takes a certain kind of pain medication because his yep. systems become so sensitive to it. So a lot of people, and I'm not saying that like obviously they are very addictive and. A lot of people do get addicted, but most people who are on them long term for pain management don't want to be because they suck. Mm -hmm. uh, and they come with a lot of issues and dealing with the fact of like if your prescription gets lost or messed up in any way, mm -hmm. the amount of red tape you have to deal with is terrible. Yeah. 
And even like saying, oh, well, we don't put any moral judgment on people. It's like, actually, no, people do put moral judgment on disabled people all the time. Yep. As if being disabled is a moral failing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yep. if you just lived a better life, if you've just eaten better as a kid, if you just exercised more. And it's yep. the same thing. Um, you hear a lot of the same points made about people who live in, who are, uh, people in poverty or yep. like being poor is a moral failing. Mm-hmm. Like eat, like bad teeth you're a bad person oh you're lazy you're slovenly just like maybe you just can't fucking afford the kind of dental care and the fact the the food industry fucking everything is filled with fucking corn syrup yeah so you can say oh well we don't judge it's like but people do Mm -hmm. because we live in a deeply ableist society yeah you see a young person with a mobility aid do you really need that? Uh-huh. Aren't you being a bit lazy? Like, I've got a number of friends, uh, like, 20s, early 30s, using mobility aids, using uh, power chairs, who get grief in public for being a young person needing a mobility aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, unfortunately, the store that sells them on Etsy was on break the last time I checked, but I want to get a sticker from my cane that says, uh, questions $5, because the amount of <laughs> yes. intrus- intrusive questions you get <laughs> from people who think that that kind of thing means that you, uh, either A, have to prove to them or owe them your medical history, mm-hmm. because... They need mm-hmm. to know that you're not faking or lately is right. insane. Right. Yeah. And the attitudes towards like invisible dis- disabilities, like the social symptoms that come with being visibly disabled are their own fucking nasty business. But like, you don't look disabled. Do you really need that parking permit? Like, mm-hmm. <gasps> you look fine. Um, And like, there was this big proliferation here in the UK, um, when COVID first started, um, of people like making false claims about how they couldn't wear masks. Oh, yeah. I have this, mm-hmm. I have that. That happened here and too. Just, yeah. And like here, like, there's this thing with, like sunflower, sunflower lanyards and just like people using it as an excuse versus people that like couldn't be taken seriously before. And now, the actions of a few people then makes it even harder for people that are struggling or even just their day-to-day living mm-hmm. can't get the accommodations they need because all oh, well, people think I'm one of those people. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's very like the way that Cassie talks in here and the way that most of the kids Marco less so because he's so vocal about it, but it is very, uh, it, it smacks of, like we've said, that kind of white liberal mindset of like, oh yeah, we're progressive now. We don't, we don't go in for that shit anymore. I don't see color, like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's very, um, head in the sand, very wishful thinking. Um, almost uh, masturbatory in the the sense of like, oh yeah, we're enlightened. We don't do that anymore. Right. We're the uh, good ones. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's, it, it, it's very Animorphs. Uh, as, as we see with uh, the way that Animorphs approaches race in particular. Um, Well-intentioned, but yeah. misguided. And, and extremely 90s as well. Um, but yeah, we're, we're almost there. We're almost at the end. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's, let's yeah, power yeah, through. And also in. feel free to tell me if like, I'm, I'm going no, 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 on you're, or if you're great. No, 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 if no, something no. comes out wrong, because I also realize sometimes it, words get, what? Yeah. Hard. Words are so hard. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking to like uh, an oh. autistic person and an ADHD person who frequently like <laughs> get lost in the source. So you're well, good. I had a feeling we would need a while for this one because there's yeah. a lot to unpack. There is. Also, anytime there's a guest, we add an extra hour to the recording <laughs> time because Danielle and I can talk for just beyond our allotted time because we get into. Oh. A and this is stuff that should be talked about. Like. Mm-hmm. This is why we it's, wanted to have a guest yeah. and somebody who could share their insight and their perspective. So thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, so Rachel, of course, is ready to go rescue Myrtle and kick Rich butt, Yerk butt. Uh, <laughs> Best Freudian slip of the day. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and so they all demorph, get introduced to Gaffinolan, and Gaffinolan is basically like, you don't Y'all don't need to involve yourself in this. Myrtle is my responsibility. Um, like, I, I can take care of this. It's fine. Um, Marco is very skeptical of Gaffinolin's story. He's still not sure, like, he thinks that Gaffinolin is still trying to lead them into some kind of trap. Um, Jake is like, you're not in shape to act alone. Even if you weren't sick, uh, you would, not be able to do this by yourself. Um, and Cassie's and like, we've seen the mm-hmm. emotional, like you're too emotionally invested in this is a frequent thing that Jake will call people on. This is true. Um, Got to give a shout out to the detail that um, uh, <laughs> Giffen Alain and Myrtle are such good bros that they can hear each other thoughts yes. speak over massive distances. Yes. Uh, good gay shit. It's this so is how good. this plan to find him is going to work, though. Yeah. Um, so there's there continues to be this kind of back and forth where Gaffinolan's like, really? No, you don't need to help. Like, I can't let children fight my battle. It would be unconscionable. Gaffinolan, the single good adult in this series. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Again, a real low bar. Uh-huh. Um and Jake's basically like puts his foot down like nah yeah yeah nah we're going on this fucking mission. Uh you're going with us. <laughs> uh play by our rules or sit this one out. And Gaffinolin is just like you know what? Fine. <laughs> um Myrtle is moved throughout the day and night. As far as I can tell, he is never in the same place for more than an hour and has never been in the same place twice. Um, Gaffinolan points out that the Visser is probably afraid of attack, doesn't trust Gaffinolan to complete his side of the bargain, um, and expects him to join up with the guerrilla forces that plague his efforts, which it seems I have just done. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And Cassie's like, all right, well, maybe he's in some kind of transport vehicle. Uh, you know, how do we find it? Ariel's like, they're already going into planning mode. And Axe is like, we cannot risk our lives for a vehicle. Okay, Axeman, I said, my voice a little less than steady. I've been cutting you slack on this handicap thing because you're part of the team. But when you talk like that, like this guy is some sort of dirty, worthless thing, I have to say, you're just not one of us. I do not and have never pretended to be human, X stated. And then uh, Rachel points out that Marco has made uh, jokes before about this kind of thing, um, calling someone who is in a coma a vegetable. Um, and Marco's like, that was black comedy, gallows humor, not an open or implied insult, which like, all right, Marco, punch up and not down. Um uh. Cassie's like, actions do speak louder than words. Um, and Marco's like, yeah, I might not always say the right thing, but most times I do the right thing. Like, I'm trying to save this dude, whereas Axe is trying not to. Um, this is not about Marco, Tobias said. This is about Myrtle. Myrtle is Gaffinilan Shorm, Axe. Can't you understand? Whether Axe understands or not, Jake interrupted. We're doing this. Is that understood? Good. Gaffinilan, you've been in contact with Myrtle? I like that Jake is just like, I don't fucking care. Axe, you're doing this. Get the fuck over it. Um, and we, we get the, the wonderful detail. Myrtle and I have been the closest of friends since our childhood. Unless we are on different planets, we can hear each other's thoughts speak. Not perfectly. Often exact words are not clear, but the sound of Myrtle's voice is always with me. It helps me to know he is alive. And it's just gay. like, that is some so good gay. gay shit. I cry. <laughs> that is some soulmate bullshit and I'm here for it. God. Love it. Um, all right, Jade, you wanted to read this bit about ruthlessness. Yes, I do. Right. Uh, so they're, like, they're getting bird morphs. They're going to go... Uh, until uh, Myrtle can give Gaffinilan a specific direction. And then we get this. I understand Ruthless. I understand, maybe more than any of the others, what it means to be unsentimental, cold even, to see the end in the beginning and the beginning in the end. I'm not denying that Jake, for example, doesn't make his share of tough decisions, that almost every day he isn't forced to choose between two seemingly impossible, equally degrading choices, that he doesn't feel the agony of those crisis moments, that too often he looks about 50. All I'm saying is that I understand, immediately and on some instinctual level, the state of ruthlessness you have to reach, almost to live in, to be able to make those impossible choices to see the right way to the right end, to accept being perceived as cruel and heartless, to live with the fact that people are afraid of getting too close to someone like me, like maybe it'll rub off my ability to do what needs to be done. In spite of my incredible sense of humour, I am not always fun to be around, and there are a lot of reasons why. What would you be like if you had to decide whether to save what was left of your mother's life or let Vissa one the Yerk live? Calculated risk. I still don't know the results of that particularly agonising decision, but I'd been able to do it, being able to make the decision. So on some level, I knew what Gafinalan was all about, 
how he'd made the impossible decision to do whatever it took to save his friend's life, even if that meant sacrificing his own, even if that meant handing over another Andalite, one of his own people, to the Yerks. It was a pretty ruthless thing to do, and I was pretty sure he would do it again if he had to. I respected him for that. Jake, I spoke privately, You'd better be aware we are in serious doo-doo if this guy decides to trade loyalties. Marco, we're doing this. Fine, I'm here. But let's be clear. What Gelfinillan was saying is that he was ready to betray us. What's changed? Okay, he can't fulfill his part of the bargain with the Visser, can't deliver an adult Andalite, but maybe he can cut a new deal if things start going bad, hand over the human Andalite bandits in exchange for Myrtle. He said he'd work with us, not against us. Jake said tiredly, You believe that, I'll believe the opposite. That way we have all bases covered. Fine, let's get this over with. And I am emotionally devastated. <laughs> I love my son, and I am sad every day about Benny LaFontaine, and I'm going to kick Richard's ass. And he knows what he did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I do like, like, Gaffinilane isn't demonized for, mm -hmm. for trying to do this, right? Like, everyone mm -hmm. understands, at least on some level, why he did this. Maybe not Axe, because Axe is a fucking dick in this book, but everybody else understands why Gaffinilane would do this. And I think probably everybody else had the thought of like, if it were one of the other Animorphs, would mm -hmm. I have done the same? Probs. Like <laughs> uh and points uh, to when they rescued Tobias that time. Uh-huh. Points to various other instances where they have done this. Uh-huh. Um and it it's it's good. It's good as the thing. Um, yeah, they all go birds, and they both basically just kind of, like, fly around the city for a while. Um, and eventually Gaffinilan gets a Thoughtspeak message that Myrtle says he's in some kind of graveyard. And Rachel's like, that doesn't make any sense. There aren't any graveyards out this way. Um, <laughs> we get the... It's a, it's a train graveyard, is what it is. Uh, and... Love that Marco is the one that figures it out based on yes. uh, the intel. Yes. Um, so they find the train yard and uh, at first they don't see anything. It's just a bunch of hundreds of empty boxcars. Um, and Gaffinilan can still hear Myrtle, though, and can tell that he is close. Um, and Jake's like, all right, well, uh... Land, morph some firepower, get, get our hands dirty. Um, is it me, I ask generally, or does Jake sound like a deranged camp director when he talks like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's you, Cassie, the girlfriend, figured. <laughs> uh, but then a boxcar opens and a bunch of hork come out. So like, oh yeah, this is definitely where they need to be. Um, so they land, they uh, morph battle morphs. Uh, they this figure is a out brutal fight. I yeah, love it. It is so fight. brutal. Um, they figure out where, like, where they think Myrtle is held specifically in this train yard, and they're like, "All right, we got to get to that." Um, 
Gaffinland confirms. Um, Tobias stays up top as uh, eyes in the sky. Everybody else goes battle morph. Um, Gaffinland. So Rachel is elephant. Yes. For uh, property damage reasons. <laughs> yes. Um, Gaffinland also demorphs uh, to Andalite to join the fight. Um, Axe uh, is ordered to keep close to Gaffinalan, uh, or in case he decides to switch sides. And Jake doesn't bother to make this private thought speak. He just says it right there with Gaffinalan <laughs> on the loop, looped in. Um, and Gaffinalan just doesn't respond. Uh, either he really was a good soldier acknowledging Jake as his prince, or he was even more calculating than I'd assumed. Uh, Myrtle calls out to all of them, basically being like, leave me. I'm not worth it. And everybody else is like, fuck that. We're here to fight. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's a big, bad fight. All immediately. Uh, they think they might have the element of surprise, but no, they don't. <laughs> um, it's, it's gnarly. Uh, they get split up pretty quickly. Um, and a lot of them take a lot of really bad damage. Uh, I do love this great detail where at one point, like there's, there's people getting thrown around. It is like, then Rachel gets stuck at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, and Marco helps like direct her back out because otherwise she's going to get swarmed by Hawkbajir. And there's a joke about like him being behind her butt. And it's just like a good little beat Uh in the fight. (laughs) But also throughout, we see these moments of why this team works, mm-hmm. like the way they pick up the slack for each other and keep in contact. Like the yes. animals working well together is, and when it's written well, unlike the fight scenes that we were so critical of in the last book, this scene has excellent flow mm-hmm. and you have a very good idea of what's going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it is fucking gnarly and very dynamic. Yes. With all the like being on top of the box cars and running around and Marco like at one point Marco ducks out of sight into a car a box car that turns out to be full of Hawkbajir and he's like, ah oh, <laughs> fuck. Um but is able to like get up a ladder onto the roof and he's just like, Oh, actually this is a much better place to be for this fight. <laughs> um but then the U-Haul starts moving where Murdoch's being held. So we got like this good like chase sequence of like Marco mm-hmm. like bounding over in Grillamorph over the top of boxcars and like the axe and Gavilan are like trapped in one part of the fight and then like Jake and Cassie get pinned down but like Rachel's still alongside. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a really, really good action scene. It is. It, it's really good. Uh, Marco gets out in front of the truck, um, which is a bad idea. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he intends to jump down onto the roof of the truck, but he kind of like uh rolls and falls. Um, he hits the roof and gets spotted by the driver who breaks. Yes, and is is thrown off the front of it. Um, and he hits the ground in front of the truck. He's gonna get fucking run over. Um, and then Rachel 
<laughs> throws a train car at it. Completely <laughs> crushes the cab. Uh-huh. Like it yep. drops to her aim. Because mm-hmm. we know for a fact the elephant's eyesight is not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's really hard wave that the driver managed to get out. Just like, uh-huh. mm, okay, sure, Jan. Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> These kids have enough nightmares, I'll grant you. But the yep. visual of an elephant hocking a, play- uh, a boxcar to crush the cab of a U-Haul mm-hmm. is impeccable. Mm-hmm. This is this is seeing my like Pacific Rim uh, Lady Danger picking up the uh, shipping containers to use as brass knuckles kind of vibe. Just, <laughs> mm, yes, good, love this. Uh, Marco calls out to Myrtle asking if he's okay, and Myrtle's like, "I am as I was." <laughs> I love Myrtle. Um, they get the they. Marco tears open the U-Haul, like the back of the U-Haul, the the door of it. Um, or he tries to, but can't quite get it open. And then Rachel uh, fucking tears it, or is about to tear it up, but then Gaffinolan gets there and he just cuts his way through. Um, and uh, Myrtle comes out. Uh, Myrtle kicks his way out, which is great. Um... We had found Myrtle, probably saved his life. His dear friend Gaffinolan had gone to terrible lengths to set him free. Myrtle must have been pleased, on some level, in some way, but he didn't look all that happy. We were in the woods, far safer than hanging around the train yard, waiting for a stray Hork-Bajir controller to find us. I am surprised, Myrtle said plainly, that you were willing to risk your lives for me, as I am. He held the stump of his tail down, as flat as it could go against his body. As if he were ashamed. The position had to be uncomfortable. We don't know what you mean, Cassie said kindly. I will explain, Axe said. He means he is surprised that we normal, healthy warriors risked our lives for a mere vehicle. He paused, turned a stock eye to me and added, or, as Marco says, someone who is differently abled. Like, oh my god, Axe. You know that you're just being a dick at this point. Oh. Um... Geez, can't we just get over this issue, please? Rachel said. It's not like it's Myrtle's fault he got injured or that he has an allergy or something. Man, I can name a few people I know who are perfectly healthy and a total waste of oxygen, in my opinion. I'm done with that, I murmured. Myrtle and Gaffinolan remained silent. Axe, Jake said. You consider Gaffinolan a hero of Andalite culture, right? Axe nodded, one of his favorite adopted human gestures. Maybe the fact he's, that he's able to overlook physical imperfection is one of the reasons he's a hero. What do you think? Prince Jake, I think the reason Gaffinolan is able to overlook his friend's deformities is because he sees through the eyes of friendship. This is exceptional behavior. Under ordinary circumstances in general Andalite society, it is simply not natural to show such concern for a vehicle. So friendship isn't natural? Kath Rachel snapped. It's abnormal? What's, what is normal anyway? Cassie asked rhetorically. The norm, the standard, the average, I said. Tobias glared. Okay, I'm getting a complex over here. I'm a nothlet, a freak, whatever. My best friend is an alien with blue fur. My girlfriend is human when she isn't in morph. How about we don't talk about normal anymore, or average, or natural, please? More weird silence. I, for one, was dying to hear what would happen next. Myrtle Iskar Elmond, Axe said, respectfully. 
It has been an honor to meet you. I will always remember you as you were. Well, it was a start. We should get out of here, Jake said. Gafinalan will help you and Myrtle get back. Thank you. And again, I saw the trembling I'd seen before, only worse, and I remembered Gafinalan's not being sure he'd seen the human me that first night, peering closely at his own printed labels in the greenhouse. He was going blind. When the trembling ceased, Gafinalan went on, and then you will be so kind as to let us be. My time is running out. I would like to end my days honorably and in the company of my dearest friend. Myrtle, who was no lousy specimen of Andalite warrior himself, stood tall. As Gafinalan has cared for me, so now I will care for him. It is my duty. The Visser might not leave you alone, Jake pointed out. The Visser has proven he has no use for either of us, Gafinalan retorted. He's right, Jake, I said. If the Visser comes after anyone, it'll be us for spoiling his plans. Oh, goody, Cassie said dryly. You always know how to finish on a high note, Marco. Thank you, I said. Oh my god, fuck you, Axe. Like, what the fuck? Wow. Oh, we're heroes, y'all. This whole thing is, like we've said before, this is the, um, n like, late 90s, early 2000s, like, uh, able-bodied person PSA of, like, Mm-hmm. Don't you think you're a hero for recognizing that disabled people are people, too? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, don't you feel so great? Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, I'm going to vomit. Um, oh, man. It's just uh, like, I feel like, I do feel like Jake's point is like, hey, Axe, like, maybe you could take a leaf out of mm -hmm. somebody you really respect and not be a colossal dick right now. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, not to undercut what you're saying, because I feel like no, no, no. as the reader reading that, like, that is utterly the vibe. But, like, Jake does be like, Axe, please, can you fucking not <laughs> for five minutes? Yeah. Can you just... No, yeah. and just stop. Yeah. And I just, Axe's snide little, as my friend Mark, I would say, it's just sort of yeah. like, it does feel like Axe is being petty here. Yes. On it purpose. Does. Yeah. It's not Which just. just adds to the whole, to make it clear, oh, Axe is the bad guy here. Axe mm -hmm. is in the wrong, so we've got to make it really clear he is just being shitty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, earlier in this book, you could make an argument that he's, like, he's just parroting what he has been taught, right? He is a kid, mm. and in a lot of respects, kids are, uh, you know, a, a lot of their thinking is a result of the culture that they grew up in. And, yeah. you know, he hasn't had reason to challenge this line of thinking before and therefore he still holds it very strongly like it is understandable why axe would act like this but this bit at the end where he is like you said like being petty and like clinging to this particular worldview like in front of a person that it directly affects and in front of a person who cares very strongly for a disabled person 
Like, it's... It's downright nasty and mean and, like... We we have seen a lot of character growth from Axe, and it does feel out of character for him to be this nasty on purpose mm-hmm. after everything that's happened. And in the face of all of his friends being like, no, dude, you are fucking up here. Mm-hmm. Including Tobias, I- who he respects and yeah. loves. And I think... For and, and this is so often true of very special episodes and things like that, mm-hmm. portraying a behavior as being bad. And the thing is, like, most ableism doesn't look like this. Mm-hmm. It's not this egregious right. kind of, you are lesser and us doing this is a big fucking deal because you are low in society. So count yourself lucky that we're good people. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when people think, well, at least I'm not like that, so I'm a good person. I am an ally to disabled people because I don't come out with shit like that Mm -hmm. when it's so much more than that. Like, it's something we have to work on every day. Like, we talked before, like, even just, like, removing things from your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Like... That is a choice. Like people, oh, well, if I can't use this word to describe something, what do I use? Just like, how about you don't be a baby mm-hmm. and just use a different word? Yeah. Like, and yeah, this is a thing of lots of this sort of mentality of showing this is a bad thing and this is why we don't do it when the bad thing is not over actions. This is how people say, well, I'm not a racist because I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, we have to unpick every day and make better choices. Like, fucking ease one, just like remembering to use alt text when posting images online. Like, that's how you, that is a thing, I should say, that you can do to make things a little bit easier that is what we're talking about here yeah (sighs) yeah and uh sometimes when people will use alt text for things like um i remember i think it was like some uh british football club did like uh they used the alt text to like make a funny joke about That's something not what it's for exactly and people were like really like that's not what it's there for Make uh, joke a different way but people think it's like haha funny joke because it's hidden in the alt text and you have to go look for it and it's like ugh. but you know it it looks more like that it's it's small things mm-hmm. that people don't necessarily think is insidious but you know mm-hmm. those small things add up yeah. And it's it's like people talk about with, you know, like um if if everyone remembers the infamous uh Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making comments about black women's hair, you know, uh 
while, you know, obviously now most people realize like how big that is, you know, at first when that first became part of the conversation for people who didn't realize how big that was, that might've seemed small, Mm -hmm. but you know, it like, and especially once those small things start to like really pile up and it just happens more and more. And especially once you realize like how much it affects you and it grinds on you, it's just, it can be very exhausting. The analogy of like death of a thousand cuts is commonly used for a reason. When we talk about microaggressions and like small thoughtless acts, people don't, you don't have to be acting maliciously to do damage. Mm -hmm. Like, fucking subtitles not being correct or not being legible enough and it's like small ways in which we fail members of our community day to day Mm -hmm. and it's like Danielle and I have chatted before on the podcast like one of the things that makes humans wonderful is that we look after each other. Like we talked about like where they found skeletons and remains of just like people that clearly would not have been living to old age due to injury or whatever, making it difficult for them to survive. But they do because people cared for them. And that and just like making adjustments, doing things like I just want people to be willing to make the smallest amount of effort mm-hmm. for other people. And the unwillingness to even do that. Yeah. That's the kind of shit we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Why should I put a flashing lights warning on this? What does it matter? Why should yeah. I use, put trigger warnings on something? And yeah. what's wild is... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know how to tell you that you need to care about other people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What's wild is, like, a lot of people will, honestly. Like, most people, when I have uh, spoken about needing accommodations, most people are super understanding. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just that the people who are not are oftentimes very loud. And it, it definitely sticks with you because those negative things have such a strong impact mm-hmm. yeah and that that's that's human psychology like we lock onto the bad things as a protective thing like don't do this this is what happens when this happens like mm-hmm. we, our brains are hardwired unfortunately to hold on to negative stuff mm-hmm. um it sucks um but yeah to that end and we've only got like one more chapter to go um we'll get yeah. to just to say just like put good into the world be a reason why you've made somebody's day easier not harder yeah and i know our listeners the kind of people that hopefully are fans of animorphs or fans of the kind of podcasts that danielle and i make like be those kinds of people listen to experiences and when people say hey you fucked up don't take it as a slight against you as a person but that the person cares about you enough to tell you a way you could be better. Mm-hmm. Like it takes vulnerability to call somebody out when they've fucked up. 
especially if it's somebody you care about. Nobody likes telling their friends, hey, you hurt me or hey, you could have done this. Sucks. Mm -hmm. But if they're willing to do so, you need to be willing to listen. Shout out to everybody in my life who calls me out when I fuck up. And even mm -hmm. if I make a sad pouty face about it and feel bad for a couple of days, I'm just like, no, actually, they're right. And I need to do better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what fucking PSAs should be. <laughs> hey, just, what... have you considered maybe being a good person? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why it's like that... you want to be a good person. Here's how maybe you do that in a way that you hadn't considered before. Right. That's what I, I always tell people. If you see like an accessibility problem and you think, well, maybe I shouldn't say something, say it. Say it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially if you're able bodied because people might listen to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do this final chapter. Uh, um, yeah, because it's a good, I like this final chapter. For accepting language aside, I actually think the sentiment is good, even if I wish the ghostwriter had chosen different words. But let's let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to read it. You know that old party game, Who Am I This Time? Or that nursery rhyme about a doctor, lawyer, baker, whatever. People tend to get identified by what kind of hat they wear during the day. By what is visible, noticeable, obvious about them. So if you got one arm, or get around in a wheelchair, or are blind, you're a handicapped person. Maybe you're also a poet or scholar, a sinner or a saint. But first and foremost, in people's minds, you're handicapped. Not a lot you can do about it, either. My mother is, was, post to Visser 1 originator of the Yurk invasion of Earth. Everyone, including my dad and his new wife, thinks she's dead. Maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. Maybe she can be saved. Maybe she can't. I just don't know, after the last time we came face to face, in a taxon tunnel off the main Yurk pool, during her trial by the Council of Thirteen. Most times, I don't even pretend to want to know. Though, if a call comes again... Well, I'll wait until that happens to decide, and then I'll do what I have to do. Anyway, for the time being, I am the boy with the dead mother, to people on the outside. To my friends, I'm the kid with the big mouth and mother stolen by aliens. Can't get away from it. V. Cole, mentally challenged, handicapped, dumb, psycho, gimp. You just learn to live with it. Jake's the responsible leader. Rachel's the gorgeous warmonger. Cassie's the tree hugger. Tobias, bird boy. Axe, resident alien. Gaffinilan is the one with the fatal disease. Myrtle. So we rescued Myrtle and agreed to leave him and Gaffinilan in peace. We were pretty sure the Yerks were going to back away from them, too. At least for a while. I mean, like Gaffinilan said, what had either Andalite done for them? Nothing. Except exhibit a depth. A depth of loyalty totally puzzling totally incomprehensible to Visser Three and his minions. So given the fact that in the Yerk opinion, Gaffanilan was essentially a dead man and Myrtle useless, we figured they stood a fair chance of living unmolested. At least until Gaffanilan died and Myrtle was all alone in Henry McClellan's house, unable to morph, a virtual prisoner in a foreign land. How would he survive? Maybe I shouldn't have done it. 
How often do I say that? A lot. Maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I did. Paid one last unauthorized visit to the McClellan house, in Osprey and while Gaffinilan slash Henry was at work. I am not totally stupid. I found Myrtle in the greenhouse, called out to him from a distance so he wouldn't be scared and zapped me with a shredder or something. Identified myself as the handsome gorilla from the other night. The others don't know I'm here, so uh, I'd appreciate if it I'd appreciate it if this visit is our little secret. Of course, Myrtle answered, his voice a bit strained. I believe I owe you my life. Well, I don't know about that, I said. But look, I just want you to know, I mean, we just want you to know that if, uh, when Gaffinilan, you know, dies, that you should look us up. And, well, maybe I can check in on you too. Play some video games, whatever. Being alone, man, it's not good, and, well, we could use all the alleys we can get. Nothing. I shifted on my perch in the big old oak tree where Tobias had sat during our first visit to the house. Noted a honeybee winging its way toward the greenhouse. Waited. Maybe I'd offended the guy somehow. I hadn't meant to, but sometimes my mouth gets in the way of sentiment. The silence was awful. And then, suddenly, his voice came booming out at me, strong and energetic and quivering with something that sounded a lot like pride. Thank you, Aris Marco. Perhaps I will do so. Uh, and that's the end of the book. As I said, I like that ending. I like Marco's choices. Yeah. And I think for as a word choice, mm, but I like that that's a sentiment that the reader is left with, that people mm -hmm. are more than what you see. And yeah. That awareness that there's always going to be stuff going on that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a couple of the words he uses are clearly ones that either he has used or that have been used against him mm -hmm. isn't lost on me. Mm -hmm. Like the book freely throws around like psycho and dumb all the time. Mm -hmm. Freak comes up often. So... And sometimes they're, they're describing themselves and sometimes they're describing others. Yeah. And I like that we have this awareness from Marco that I feel like is a good huh, bookend with <laughs> what he was, how he was talking at the top of the book as well. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's like clearly Emily. It's intended mm -hmm. to be that way. Yeah. I just, I, Clearly, as Emily said, it's just like it sucks that this insight from him has to have some of this shitty Ghost Rider's choices in there. Yeah. yeah, the sentiment is really good, especially mm -hmm. him saying that being alone isn't good mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that that grief is never good to handle alone. Mm -hmm. uh, especially because that the way that Andalite society has taught isolation to disabled mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. and Marco is recognizing, like, hey, when this happens, isolation is not going to be your friend. You're going to need somebody to be there with you, mm -hmm. and I want to at least offer. Like, mm -hmm. that to me was just... 
I was like, okay, this is, oh, I wanted to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's It's not like stated canonically, but also I appreciate like one Marco's acknowledgement of Myrtle's situation just speaks to the perceptiveness of him as a young person, Mm -hmm. but also just like, hey, I saw how much it fucked my dad up when my mum died. Mm Mm-hmm. I see how much you two mean to each other. You should not be alone mm-hmm. <laughs> in the aftermath. I've seen what happens. Yeah. And that sort of tacit acceptance from Myrtle, who could have just as easily told Marco, no, don't come here again. Mm-hmm. She just... Yeah. I have faith in these boys and these girls and these children mm-hmm. and that Marco, for all his talk about being the ruthless one, is the one who's reached out mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Well, as he's pointed oh, out, no. being ruthless isn't, mm. it's about seeing the line. Yeah. Not necessarily about mm-hmm. following it. He's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Shall we get into our closing questions? Let's do. Uh, possible rankings. Plot. As I said at the top, I don't think the plot is bad for this book. Mm-hmm. I think the execution is wobbly. Yes. Places, but that's arguably more characterization, like mm-hmm. the way the characters are written as talking. Yeah. But also, plot does include the fact that an Andalite host with uh, half a tail missing is useless yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's very. Ugh. There's bad stuff in there. And yes, the Yerks and Vissa 3 consistently hold the idiot ball. <laughs> but also, um, it feels like lazy writing for the contrivances the plot needs. So yeah. I'll give it a six because I think there's actually good, interesting concepts there, but its flaws really do pull it down. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking of five, like it's a very it's a middle middle mm-hmm. of the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good answer for the plot. Um... Feels slow, especially at the beginning. Like the ending, I think, is solid, but hmm. the beginning feels a little slow. Um, although it's got some good stuff in there. So, yeah, a five or six, I think, is where I'd fall as well. Middle of the road. Okay. Characterization Marco gets like a nine because mm-hmm. there's yes. language choices, but it feels consistent with him, generally yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias, okay, Cassie comes off bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jake doesn't have much of a presence, but I like some of the details given. Mm-hmm. Um, act bad. It's bad. It's I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. Yep, I hate the sentiments he expresses. I hate how incongruous some of the choices that he makes in this book are. Mm-hmm. He has no navel gazing about it, or even just like, mm, perhaps I am the one in the <laughs> wrong. No, uh-huh. 
<laughs> Maybe the children. <laughs> Am I the one who's out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, Axis characterization gets a fat, like, one, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. For me. But the others are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and enjoyability or satisfaction? It It's in the toilet. I hate it. I mean, yes, there were bits Absolutely. I liked, but the fact that I feel like I'm here with, like, fucking panning for gold for the <laughs> little bits of nuggets that I can have fun talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, unlike some books where the dumb things can be like ignored or put aside or like, okay, well, that was really stupid, but I love this. Just it feels so viscerally bad and uncomfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I feel like it loses any anything I might enjoy. Mm-hmm is overshadowed by how uncomfortable and annoyed and even angry in places I am at the choices made in this book. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's Like, you hard. gave me gay andalites, and I hate this book. Right. You gay andalites. This has got some good Sean shit. You can thought speak if you're on the same planet. And it's always going to be that book where... Axe was horrifically ableist and made me want to launch myself into the sun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the book where there's the word cripple on page eight and I literally mm-hmm. became the white dude blinking Jif for a solid 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, so, yeah. it. I would say like my overall introduction to Animorphs has been enjoyable. I would not say this book has been enjoyable, however. Uh-huh. Very fair. Uh, it's it's sad to me because this could so easily be a good book. Mm-hmm. Like, it would take thought and a sensitivity reader for sure. Uh, yes. But, like... It wouldn't be hard to make this into a good book, or at least a relatively enjoyable book. You know, like mm-hmm. it—it's frustrating. Uh, the mistakes the made could easily have been avoided. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, it's so easy to just not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Any yeah. of it. Uh huh. Did you have to be like that? You just gestured to the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have a favorite part? That fucking battle where it's we good. didn't have to hear anyone being ableist as shit, just like acknowledgements <laughs> that perhaps somebody a bit shaky should have somebody with them. Mm-hmm. No, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Even mm-hmm. the ridiculous aspects. Uh, mm-hmm. Great. Um, but I think my favorite part might be, um, I say no, no, that might be my favorite part. I definitely enjoyed that the most to read. Um, mm-hmm. but the moment at the end with Marco and Myrtle is like, that's going to be right up there for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Rachel Kool-Aiding in from <laughs> that one yes! part. That, 
<laughs> but also, yes, the ending was was very good. I enjoy a lovely sentimental moment mm-hmm. to make me want to cry at the end of a book. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I... We don't really get a, a solid uh, view of Gethinland with Myrtle, but um, the the image I have in my head of them actually reuniting uh, is is my favorite part. <laughs> you, the help comfort king, <laughs> like the reunion. No. Who could have seen it? Not I. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danielle. I am contractually <laughs> obligated to call you out <laughs> on our podcast. It's true. Um, so the bylaws. It is. It is. In fact, uh, I deserve it. It's okay. Uh, did anything surprise you besides page eight? <laughs> page yeah, page eight. eight. Whoa! Disabled slur on page eight in a yep. children's book. We started off right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess on the the one vague, I was like, at least it prepares you for the rest of the tone going in. This is true. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess you know to put at least you know early to put your fucking guard up. Like, oh, okay, the hits start coming and they don't stop 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 coming. <laughs> they sure and don't. They don't stop. They don't stop coming. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh. Yep. 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 Uh, was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand? I think we've expanded quite enough about <laughs> why the fuck does Axe think like this and talk like this and make these choices. Yes. Uh, is it essential Animorphs reading? No! No. 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 You can you can hear about the nice andalites on another place. I have an excellent fic to recommend you if you <laughs> if you want more about the gay andalites, but you don't want to read this book. Exactly. <laughs> the the gay andalites can be condensed perfectly. Uh, everything else totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really love Marco there's some insight from him that is very cool and good mm-hmm. but only if you're a completionist and want to be angry <laughs> that's true if you want to be angry you can read this <laughs> yeah, um, if you want to feel some righteous indignation yeah I was going to say like yeah if you if you oh. need a moment if you need if an you outlet working. If you are working on your treaties about why the Andalites suck, this has got some excellent material yes. that you can use to support your thesis statement. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll have citations from um, almost every page. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not important. Uh, in fact, no. you... You don't even have to say like, oh, but you you learn about this thing of Andalite culture. No, no, that comes up again. Uh, don't worry. It... Oh, uh... oh, it does. Does it? It does. It does. In fact, come up again. Great. Uh, yeah. 
uh, I will probably be asking you back. <laughs> I will. But also, because we like having you, to be clear, you've been a delight. I'm sorry <laughs> it was too expensive you reading this <laughs> shitty book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be I'll be happy to be back. I'm always happy to uh let my soul escape my body for a few hours through uh screaming about ableism. Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Uh thank it has you. been a delight to have you. Thank you for offering your insight and just your wonderful personality to our adventure here. Um where where can people find you? Plug, plug your stuff. Uh, I'm mostly easily found on Twitter at Emily9363. Uh, you'll probably see a lot of retweets of memes uh, talking about ableism, as well as some um, various occasional uh, screaming about whatever is interesting. Uh, that's pretty much the main social media I use. Uh, I do also try to write things occasionally, uh, but none of them are super public. Uh, hopefully one day that will change. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what the future holds. Hell yeah. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. Yeah. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast on Twitter. Uh, they recently have begun releasing the movie of their six arcs in a movie, I believe. It's I not think. started yet, but by the it's time this episode yet. goes out, the first one is imminent, Word. if not dropping. Yes. Um, which is just an excellent uh, bit of character work. They... Uh, traditionally, Follow the Leader does GMless actual plays of a variety of different game systems that are all phenomenal to listen to. Um, Jade does some of the best character work out there, hands down. Um, and uh, the six arcs in a movie is them taking uh, a set of characters uh, through a longer story arc than we usually see from from the FTL crew. Uh, and I highly recommend it. It's some really excellent work that they have done. Um, and it's great listening. And my ho- co-host has been saying lots of nice things about me. Uh, so I need to distract uh, you listeners. Danielle <laughs> can be found on the internet at redtailedhawk90, including uh, the games they have written. Their home podcast is The Room Where It Happened. They're currently in their third season, Elder County, Tennessee. Uh, if you want urban fantasy, but in an Appalachian setting with a kick-ass faction game with some incredible personalities that have to be heard <laughs> to be believed, uh, you should check that out. It is an entire treat. And if you are interested in a more somber look at the impacts of uh, society dealing with uh, an infection, uh, if you want to exercise some COVID feels through uh, mm. the flavor of eldritch nastiness, uh, you can join Standing Stones on our Twitch every Sunday in October and check out the videos on demand we're playing. Does anyone remember Bob? Uh, Danielle and I are both partaking as well as a couple of our friends and the guests, including Izzy, who you will have heard here, and Nichelle, who is on the aforementioned faction game of The Room Where It Happened. 
as well as uh, her own podcasts. Uh, she's great. But that's enough for now. Follow Stones underscore Standing on Twitter if you want to be kept up to date with streams and all fun releases that we do. And as always, Dumb Kids Playing Hero is the Animal for Sexual Play podcast, Danielle GMs. I'm one of the players. This is probably our final season and it is mm-hmm. upsetting and scary. <laughs> and, oh. uh, please come and suffer with us. We do yes. so, so very sweetly. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's All do right. a heckin' clap. Let's do a heckin' clap. Uh, All right. 15? Yeah, 15. <laughs>